Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, just two verses that we're going to cover today. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I like that. I think we need to go back to brethren. I like brethren. It's so funny, Javi. I don't, it's weird. Brethren. You're such a brethren. Anyway, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And not be conformed, another translation to put, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. It's, it's so important that we get the order right. I want you to catch this. We, we, this is, I'm going to give you guys this for free. We already collected the offering. I'm going to give you guys this for free. We're not charging. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and access, acceptable. The thing that will empower you to live holy and acceptable before God is not your own effort. It is the mercies of God. Amen? And it says, and not be conformed. Or another translation will put it this way. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of or to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The title to today's message, we, we covered part one of this series, and it was, you don't have to be your own worst enemy. Last week, Pastor Ford preached the pain off the walls. He said, God's about to blow your mind. And, and today, I, wanna, I want you to help me preach this message by looking at your name and giving them the title to this message. Tell them the role models of your mind. Tell them the role models of your mind. I want you to help me pray. I want to invite each and every one of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. So grateful, God, that we can gather to, together, God. Church is not the same, God. We don't want to have just fellowship where we sing songs and you don't show up. And So grateful, Lord, that I know for me, every time that I'm in this space with your people, you do the miraculous. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen and amen. Give God a shout of praise. You're more than welcome to sit on the floor. We, we've been starting this custom at, at Kuhau, just at the master's feet if you want. Um, uh, I, I've, been, I've been married for a while now, and uh, one of the joys also as a pastor is that I get to marry people, right? Um, and, and let me tell you something about marriage. You may not know this, right? So anybody that you are engaged, this is your time to leave because after this you won't have an excuse. But when it comes to marriage, marriage is one of those things that is, is I, I don't know how to say this, huh? but it's like it's a lifetime commitment. This means that you are going to spend the rest of your life. This is what I do in, in premarital counseling. I sit with people, I talk to them, and I look at them in their face, and I let them know, hey, listen. You are going to be together for the rest of your life. And 
it means that you're going to wake up to the same bad breath for the rest of your life. It means that you're going to wake up to the same eye boogers for the rest of your life. You're going to, this is, this is what the Bible talks about. It says, surrender yourselves to one another in marriage. And it says that, it's, it's that saying, right, till death do us part. Right, till death do us part. Some of us took that literally and made it happen. But that's, that's what they have shows now based on. But until death do us part. But here's the truth about marriage. It's also one of the few commitments in life that you have to be committed to for a lifetime. And I say that because not everything in life you have to be committed to for the rest of your life. Not everything in life, and I want you to follow me in this illustration, because not everything in life you have to be committed to till death do us part. And I use that as an example, but also as a contrast that there are things in life we have been married to that we don't need a lifetime commitment with. There, there, there are certain thoughts and lifestyles and, and habits that we have that we don't need to be married to or wait till death do us part. And I just came to give somebody permission today and let you know, listen, you don't have to be married to that thought life. You don't have to be married to that lifestyle. You don't have to be married to that mentality. You don't have to be married to that way of being. You don't have to wait till you're in your deathbed to give up. God can come and renew your mind and you can receive everything that God has for you. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise in this room. You know, you don't have to be married to that. One of the things that you'll learn also in eight years of marriage, I don't know if you've discovered this, and, and we got newbies in the house, uh, but, but, but in marriage, uh, one of the things that you'll discover, I don't know if you've all realized this, but your husband and your wife think differently from you. Have you ever realized that? That when your wife says something, and when you hear it, you hear it the way you think it, and it's a totally different perception from what she thought it was? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? You haven't been married long enough. It really is, right? There, there is, now, the thing about, can I just share about my personal life? Now, the thing about me and Lisa is that we've been married for eight years, but also we are seven years apart. I know what you're thinking. Pastor Rowe, you're seven years older than Lisa? And for you, this prayer counselor after that. But no. Lisa, she, she gave me permission to share this, so I'm okay. You guys will be like, Pastor, did you get permission? Did you get permission? Lisa is seven years older than I am. All the men, where the men, where the men. Let me talk to the men. All the men in the room just communicated. The women are like, what just happened? She is seven years older than me, which means that when I was in the middle of high school, she was already having kids. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Somebody said, that's gross, Pastor. Hey, listen, she's seven years older. But this happens to us all the time. And I, true story, true story. Like when, when she thinks about something and when I think about something different, but it's not only our differences in husband and wife, it's also our differences in the seven years because there is a seven-year gap and, and the way, and, and she grew up in a different era and I do grew up in a, in a different era. And true story, the other day, I promise you, I do not exaggerate, not one little bit. I was in my, in my kitchen and I was doing the dishes as the good husband that I am. 
anytime I, anytime I have the opportunity to exalt myself as a husband, I will use it. And I'm there doing the dishes, and, and you know, you know how you have, you know, just jingles in your brain, you're just like, you're just like singing, I'm singing, I'm like, and I don't know why, but this is what I was singing, this is what I was singing, right? I was like, whoa, whoa, sing. And I promise you, I exaggerate not one bit. Lisa jumped in the kitchen. And I want to get this right real quick. She said, she said, two months later, she said, come and get your son. Because I don't want you to come tie me down because you are old and I am young. So come down, 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 and have a and bend me down. Sing, I'm broad, I'm broad. I'm broader than Broadway. And I said, I said, what was that? She goes, no, nah, that was the song you were singing. And I was like, no, no. I'm dividing the room right now. The whole room just divided. I said, no, it's not. I'm singing Shine, Poe, Bad Boys. What type of brothers would be out in the street? Bad Boys. She's like, no, you're not singing that. And I said, yes, I am. She goes, no, you're singing. I'm broad, I'm broad, I'm broader than Broadway. She's like, let me show it. Let me look it up, look it up. I said, I was three years old when that song came out. My whole life was wrecked when I was listening to the Fugees. Killing me softly with his song. She was like, you ever heard the original? I said, this is the original. She goes, no, it's not. My whole life was ruined. But now I know how it feels like because I see some of the millennials now singing these songs. And I'm like, no, that's not the original. That's a copycat. I think it's so interesting how we could be referring to the same thing but really have different perspectives from where we come from. I think it's so interesting that because that there is a seven-year gap, we, were, we thought we were singing the same song, but in fact, we were separated by errors. And, and though it had the sing, I just like doing that, but anyway. Talk about the same thing, but have two different perspectives on it. And it made me think that this happens in marriage, but it also happens in, happens in my relationship with God. Have you ever realized that the way God thinks about something and the way you think about it is different? Have you ever realized, like, like think about this. This was just simply husband and wife, seven-year gap, and I think about how different my perspective is on the things that God speaks about. I, I think about, and, and, and God will remind you. You know he'll let you know that, right, in his word, because you find that in Isaiah when he goes, look what he says. He says, he says for my thoughts are not your thoughts. <laughs> my ways 
are not your ways. Now watch this, just in case you thought you were close. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. Someone shout, my ways. So are my ways higher than your way and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I'm like, oh, yeah, that feels about right. Because, Lord, sometimes the way you talk about, like, have you ever realized that the way Jesus, when Jesus refers to love, it clashes with your perspective on love? Like, I want to be giving Jesus advice. Right? Because Jesus would be like, love. And you're like, oh, no, no, that's not love. I don't know what that is, but that's not love, Jesus. You can't be loving people that ain't going to love you back. You got to make sure that you are selective with your love. Don't, make, don't be just loving people out there. Like, I want to give, like, have you ever realized that when Jesus speaks about forgiveness and your opinion on forgiveness clashes with what Jesus talks about when he says forgiveness? Like, I like my version of forgiveness. My version of forgiveness is I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. I like my version of forgiveness. Like, my forgiveness is like, listen, I'll forgive you, but that's strike one. Right? Like, I, I want to talk to Jesus and be like, yo, listen, I want you, like, it's okay you can forgive, but you only have three strikes with people. And Jesus is like, nah, you continue to forgive people 77 times 7. I'm like, yeah, your thoughts are way higher. As far as the earth is from the heavens, so are your thoughts on forgiveness far from my thoughts on forgiveness. And then I look at Paul's writings, and it seems to me like Paul is giving us a recipe on how we can close the gap. Because I feel like there is this enormous gap on the way Jesus sees something and the way I see something. Like he talks about, like when Jesus talks about fighting, it's so different from when I think about fighting. Like Jesus would say, turn the other cheek, and my version of fighting, it clashes with that because mine is, I'll punch you in your cheek. Right? Like about money. Like, no, stock up, save. Jesus is like, be generous. I'm like, oh, excuse me? Like, it just clashes and it conflicts with my perception of, what about leadership? Like, Jesus will be talking about leadership and I'm thinking, I'm a boss. And Jesus is like, no, leadership is actually servanthood because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And, and if you want to be great in the kingdom, you have to be learn how to serve others. And I'm like, that's not leadership? It's crazy because sometimes it's like we're talking about the same thing, but when we begin to define the thing, we realize it's much more than a seven-year gap. It's, it's as far as the heavens are from the earth. And Paul is saying, listen, here, here, let me, let me give it to you like this. You can actually close the gap. And you'll be able to see things the way God sees things. You'll be able to hear things the way God hears things. You'll, you'll be able to see what God wants for your life. And here's how to do it. And he, he puts it this way. He says, and do not conform or don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. He says, but be transformed. Now, here's how. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove that is good and acceptable and perfect. Well, I, listen, I never saw this scripture this way, but I just realized something when I look at it. I look at it real cl clearly, and it says, hey, listen, you can know the will of God. Anybody want to know the will of God for their life? Anybody want to know the will of God? Like, God, I want to know your will. But this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying this. He said, Paul is saying that there is a reason that why your mind needs to be renewed, and it's that in doing so, it provides the lenses that you need in order to see what God sees for your life. Like, oh, oh. 
now I realize that I need, to, I need to be able to see what God sees, but I can't see what God sees unless I have God's perspective. And I can't have God's perspective with God's lenses unless I learn how to renew my mind. And so many of us want God's will for our lives, but it seems like Paul is saying that you can walk around blind to the will of God because the gap between your ways and his. I look at what God wants for us, and I, and I look at a, pic, a picture of just amazingness. He says in Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, But as the scriptures say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those that love. I look at that verse, and I say, Lord, I want that. No, I want the kind of thing like no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine the things that God has, and, and I don't know what's standing between you and your peace, but could it be that the very thing that's standing between you and everything that God has for you is an unrenewed mind? Could it be that the very thing that God has for you, the thing that stands between what God has for you is an unrenewed mind? The thing that is standing between you and the peace of God is an unrenewed mind. The, the thing that's standing between you and health and prosperity, could it be that it's an unrenewed mind? I don't know about you, but I've decided I don't want to Want anything to get in the way of what God has for me. He says, Be transformed how by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove this, this word prove, it's it's to be able to, to decipher, to decide, to test. To be able to qualify or quantify or, or be able to assess what God's true will is. It's, it's for, you, for you to be able to prove. And have you ever, uh, how do I say this ni nicely? Have you ever noticed that there are some people who are tone deaf? Don't look at the person next to you. And, and don't look at me. All right, you can look at me. Like, have you ever realized that there's some people that are, are tone deaf? Now, now, I want to be careful the way I say this because I have a younger brother. His name is Reuben, and he is an extraordinary human being. He is an extraordinary human being. I think Reuben, I praise God for Reuben because um, he, he's easily one of my most favorite speakers. Uh, I, Reuben is such a critical. He is. He is, he is one of the, the, the most critical thinkers that, 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 that I know, and the way he thinks and the way he processes things. Uh, I, I, I think about Reuben because he's an extraordinary leader as well. If you ever served under Reuben, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The, uh, some, some of the things, come on, Dyron. Dyron is like, amen. Um, uh, I think he's, he's incredibly gifted unless you ask him to clap on beat. This is actually something. When you're tone deaf, or, or some people call it rhythm deaf, uh, it's, it's, it's the ability, like Ruben will, will hear the beat. Come on, can we just, let's just do a quick beat. Ruben can't hear that. actually a thing. It's called congenital amusica. You know what it is? It's, it's, I just diagnosed Reuben right now. Now we won't be annoyed by him. We'll be like, ay, buendito, buendito. He's, 
He has congenital amusica. And what that is, it's an impairment to musical perception. That's what congenital amusica is. It's an impairment to, music, to musical perception. And he, here's the truth. It's not that the rhythm is not there. It's that his ability to perceive it is absent. It's not that the rhythm isn't present. It's that his ability to perceive the rhythm is not present. And this is actually a thing that they can't process rhythm. And if you're a Hispanic in this room, it's, it's, it's like almost like by default that you were born with rhythm. You know? Bing, 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 bing. Bing, 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 bing. Like Hispanics are so, his, don't do it, baby. Don't show them the hips. No gyration. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, like Hispanics, are, you know, like Hispanics are born with, with rhythm, right? Like we, we even hit our kids with rhythm. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. You beat your kids with rhythm. Every syllable. I told you not to do that anymore because if you do, I'm going to. You know, rhythm. We're just born. We're just born with rhythm. Like we know, like. Our throws, aerial dynamic. <laughs> we know. We got rhythm. The rhythm, there's nothing wrong with the rhythm. But it's our ability to perceive the rhythm if we have congenital a musica. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me strongly and he said, some of my people, it's not that my will is not present, it's that their ability to perceive it is absent. It's like, like, it's, it's not that God's will, like some, it's like God's will is all around us. God's direction is always forward. Uh, God's uh, uh, love is always present, but it's our ability to perceive it. A whole room could be clapping and you're clapping off beat. Why? Because you have this condition and humanity was actually born with this condition. And this is why we need to be saved and this is why we need our minds to be renewed. So when that God, when God says move left, you move to the left. When God says move right, you move to the right when he says one hop this time two hops this time I I have symptoms of congenital of music or two it's not that God is not showing is that we're not seeing it's not that he's speak he's not speaking is that we're not hearing it's not that his will is not present is that our ability to perceive it sometimes is absent and this is like when, when I have conversations with, with Javi after, uh, on a Monday, we'll be, we'll be talking about service on a Tuesday. We'll be talking about service, and I'll be like, and he'll be like, how was everything? How was, how was, how was the, the band, and how was the music? And I was like, man, everything was good. And he's like, oh. He's like, I was like, why, why, are you, why, are you, why are you making those noises with your mouth? And he's, he says, um, nah, because I saw everything that went wrong. And I said, what do you mean? He, he, he goes, well, I know when this, the, 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 at one point, this, this uh, person went off key. At one point, the transition here was off. And at one point, this happened. And, and, and guess what? I was blind to all that because I'm not trained to perceive all that. But see, see, can I put it this way? So Javi, 
from a musical standpoint, has trained himself in such a way that what many would perceive as good, he has trained to be able to see in, in intricate detail when something has been misplaced, when something is off, when a key has gone over, when, when a transition didn't happen the way it should, when, when, some, when, a, when someone played the wrong key, when someone did the wrong melody. He has trained himself in a way that he has been able to determine with precision of what went wrong and what is good. And, and this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that you can renew your mind so that you will be able to see, test, and prove what the perfect will of God is. And many times, many times, our minds, we're calling, we're calling what God says that is not good, we're calling it good. Why? Because our mind has not been renewed. And so anything that comes before us, we're like, yeah, it's all good. As long as it's not terrible, it's good. But let me tell you, the worst enemy of God is not something that is bad. The worst enemy of God is something that is good that is not God. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.